0: Hey, everyone. Before we start the show, a quick word from our sponsor, the American Nurses Association, which is a professional group that's trying to advance the nursing practice. It's there for us to help standardize nursing, helps bolster our health and wellness and, and every single aspect of nursing.
1: Feeling lucky? Well, the ANA is feeling awfully generous. They're giving away one free copy of Nursing Scope and Standards, fourth edition, as well as some other cool prizes. One winner will receive a MacBook Air, five winners will receive iPad minis, and 15 winners will receive some awesome Sony wireless headphones. Don't forget that this giveaway does not last long. So go to the nursingworld.org or click the description below to enter. I'll be honest with you, like when a uh, woman have periods and like I've been around them, I just kinda tend to stay away, like get them like the chocolate or give them the hug. <laughs> but I try to be a little more quiet that day, not not as, you know, not as like like loud because because, you know, Women are, are different when down here, period. And it's uh, some of them, it's like, yeah, we don't want nor-sible. you to stay away
2: though. Yeah. We, we need you to tell us, like, how pretty we are and, like, oh wow, like, can can I can I hug you? Like, you know, you gotta be careful now with that. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast i did it for me now my old friends calling told them nothing's for free told me time is money dog. that's why i paid all my fees i was starving for this game now my fan they can eat
0: hey everyone welcome to another amazing show at the Couple nurses podcast with your hosts peter and matt Thank you everyone for tuning in and taking the time to listening to this. We really do appreciate that. A quick little word from us. If you are interested in Cup of Nurses or We Are Frontline Warriors, check out the description and the link in the show notes. We have everything there from merch to awesome blog posts to help you, whether it's your journey, a nursing journey, or your journey with consciousness. We have that all for you. And those that are wondering, the vlog is out, thank you for the thousand subs. Our Cup Nurses group, as well as the Frontline, is out and active. We're integra- uh, integrated there and
1: communicating with everyone, so make sure you check that out. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great. Another spectacular guest for everybody listening, we have Isabella Bogdan. She is a women's health nurse practitioner with also a doctorate in nursing, with also a bunch of certificates that she talks about during the show. But with Isabella, we talk about women's health, we talk about obesity, diabetes, health prevention, and how to give and promote holistic care in nursing and in the medical field. So stay tuned. Isabella,
0: if you could take a step back and can you give us a little intro about yourself, your work, and how did you get get into women's health?
2: Sure. So I'm originally from the Southwest. I'm from El Paso, Texas. I got my uh, bachelor's and my master's from the University of Texas, El Paso and being born there it's one of the poorest zip codes in the country right so um
1: my mother had a
2: really bad menopause like perimenopause and I was about 10 or 11 years old at the time and I didn't know how to help her and um, my mother is an immigrant from Mexico beautiful woman right blonde hair blue-eyed you wouldn't think she's Mexican beautiful woman um didn't know how to help her doesn't speak English. And I had to go to the Richard Burgess library down the street to do some research. And I started learning more and more and more about where her symptoms were. I went, I was, remember guys, I was a little kid and I went into like the healthcare section and I just started like looking for symptoms, like books, like medical books. And um, lo and behold, I started looking at some of the similarities that were happening with her, like the sweats and some of the weight gain. She had, um, eyebrow loss. And I said, Mom, you know, you might have like a thyroid dysfunction, like we should go talk to your doctor. I was her advocate, I was her interpreter. And we did we did that we went to a doctor's office. And that was my first experience is observing the doctor caring for my mom. And um, I was the translator. And I realized that, you know, this is still the same story. Um, especially in New York City where I take care of patients, right? So that's why I went into nursing school because I realized that women need more than just like a diagnosis. They need ongoing care. So when I first uh, went to college, I said, well, what's going to be my trajectory? And I said, I want to heal people. I want to listen to their problem and I want to bring a bigger facet to healing. So I got my bachelor's and then I went in for the quick program. Back in 2006, there was no seamless, a 24 month master's entry program. There was no such thing, so I was definitely a pioneer when it comes to getting my master's and running for my master's. A lot of the nurses were really big on: you need to be a nurse first, you need to learn how to work the floor, you need to have your RN first. I said, no, I, I want to. I know what I want. I want to take care of women. I want to be able to diagnose them. I want to be able to foresee and continue the journey with them. So I got my. I got my master's. I went into practice with a physician who had just came to El Paso and we both opened up a practice together and this was in 2006. So definitely, um, you know, pioneering in this area. And then at that same time, maybe six months to a year later, um, I was working with this doctor. He was an OBGYN. I was the nurse practitioner. I was running the practice. We had like a med spa type of thing going on at that time. Um, did everything from pregnancy to GYN and high blood pressure, thyroid disease, diabetes, so full spectrum. And we also did some Botox, some Restylane, some fillers. So the same things that are happening now, I was already doing back in 2006. The component that was not there was spirituality. What was happening was that um, I found out that women were coming back still not feeling content, not feeling satisfied. And if you visit any plastic surgeon, you're still gonna have those VIPers, right? And what's happening, my philosophy is that if you can't feel fully satisfied with the inner person of who you are, you're you're not gonna know how to ful- how to fulfill yourself and how to fill the glass and how to fill the cup, right? You just don't know how to get it done. And so you either gonna need more surgeries or you're gonna need more um more food or more Botox or different hair color, or you're going to have to shop more, or you're just, you're just not going to, you're going to have different relationships. You're going to have breakdowns in your relationships. Your kids are not going to satisfy you. just not satisfied. So we always have to dive deep into the inner space. And this is, this is the finding of my conclusion of when I finally got my doctorate, Um, I've been able to implement more of the spiritual component into the, into the, into the patient's visit, into the care that I provide, because spirit and soul is not something that you can measure. So you can measure it by status, by the level of satisfaction, when a patient comes to see you, that they walk out feeling fulfilled. And that was because you were able to tap into all the different pieces, all the different places where they're lacking, where some of the gaps are. And also you want to keep in mind what social uh, determinants of health are and what are what are the gaps for patients, right? Are they having issues with education, literacy, food uh, insecurities, money, right? So all kinds of different things that also hinder the, the gaps of health. But Spirit is definitely a part of it and fulfillment of who you are as a human being and where you find your level of happiness. Um, that could have been a really big answer. Yeah.
0: Isabel, you sound like you're like an old soul where you knew this gift of what you had and now you're just tapping into the journey of spirituality. And it's amazing what you're doing for women. So why do you think we're so disconnected from spirituality? What are you seeing in your patients or women that are coming often to your clinic? Or if you're know if you seeing that, how are you assessing spirituality if it's something that can't be measured
2: what a great question so there's blocks there's blocks that happen throughout our life and this is um one of the questions that you asked me on the email is what is Believe believe.co is my idea of journeying and journaling right so when you come to see me for the first time we do a basic visit. It's an annual physical. We send out labs, your CBC, your CMP, hemoglobin, A1C. We check out your triglycerides, do a basic 24-hour diet review. We talk about your BMI. We talk about just, just the basic gist of why you're here. And you're here with me because you want to start a journey. And if you looked at my program, it's 6, 12, and 24 weeks. And the idea is that we start talking about the blocks. Where is it that you lost yourself? Where was it is it in childhood that you had some trauma? Did you experience, you know, issues with your parents, alcoholism, verbal abuse? You know, what was, what was your life, what was your lifetime, your, your childhood like with your parents? And even more important, what was your mom's pregnancy like about you? You know, so understanding what the person is exposed to, even during pregnancy is so important. Is we're so quick to judge morbidly really obese people. So I'm gonna throw an example out. We're really judged, we're really quick to judge morbidly really obese people. But what you probably didn't consider is that they were probably exposed to a ton of sugar because their mom was probably obese as well. And they're probably their mom was also diabetic during pregnancy, right? So they're already gonna give birth to this diabetic baby. This diabetic baby turns 20 or turns 12. Let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about the 12-year-old. She develops PCOS and she's already starting to develop insulin resistance. Right now in America, we have a huge problem with type 2 diabetes in children. And it starts, sorry? Yeah, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's really big right now. And we're seeing more and more women being affected by it. So, um, it's just overactivation, hyperstimulation of the ovaries, and it causes a lot of other problems. But the basic symptoms are, you know, a lot, of, a lot of facial hair, weight gain, the risk of diabetes and metabolic syndrome. So if you don't halt it, and research studies have shown that it can be genetic, but it's for the same reason that I'm explaining now is that if you have a baby that's exposed to a ton of sugar. Inside the mom before they're born, that's already setting the stage for type two diabetes. Right. So then you have a you, this person is born and then we're here quick to criticize people. Oh, look how and I'm going to say a bad word because I hate the word fat. Oh, here they are. Look at how fat they are right? Or look look at them. We're so quick to just judge the exterior, the container, but we didn't even realize what they were exposed to before they were born. So believe.co goes way back. It goes way back to that because I have women that are naturally big women and, and you can't look like me. You can honor yourself for who you are. And we're going to help you to understand why you look like this. And we're going to be comfortable in your container. So believe.co is about Embracing your power. So after we've done your physical assessment, after we've gone through your lab work, after we talked about your risk factors, like your family history of breast cancer, lung cancer, cardiac disease, after we've talked all about that, then we talk about where you lost your power. Right. So those are the blockages. You wanted to talk you asked me a question about look, what is the what is it most that you see women suffering from? Where do you see this lack of care from? And I see it with spiritual blockages where we were. We weren't happy with with the container that we're born in. We weren't happy with the family that we were given. We didn't didn't find satisfaction in the actual reality that we exist in. So we find other ways to satisfy that. And sometimes it could be food or it could be substance abuse or it could be avoidance behaviors. So Believe.co is about journaling and finding out where the blocks were. And then we can start to work on that. Six, 12, 24 weeks, it's really explosive. Where you are the one, when you come to my program, you're gonna journal and you're gonna find solutions yourself. You're gonna you're gonna find it through your journaling. You're gonna be like, oh my God, I didn't realize this. I'm just helping to facilitate the, the journey. And then it's in, it's written in your book. And it's it's also the the repeat back of your story. So in, I'm listening to how you express your story. And I listened to the victimization and we change the story into how you're the superhero of your story. And when you're done with six, 12 or 24 weeks, you're walking out feeling like you're a superhero.
1: Yeah. Wow. Especially like when you bring up like the victim portion, a lot of people, you know, they say they're a victim due to their genetics or their, their past histories. And the hardest thing I'm sure it is for you is having them go from a victim to a person that could take control of their life and change. So how do you get somebody to kind of, flip that switch of I'm not the victim to I'm in complete control.
2: So we work on mantras. And as you journal, I'm I'm gonna I'll stop you right as you as you repeat. Sorry, I'm gonna turn this back on. As you repeat your um as you come back to the next session because you're 45 to an hour session, we'll go over where some of your story where you felt that some of your story broke down. And then we go back and then, so let's just say one of a very basic extension would be, I'm always late, right? So my block is that I'm always late. I'm always late. Everywhere I go, I'm late. I didn't get the job because I'm late. I have this problem, I'm late all the time. So working on the mantras, I will be on time. And then, and then it's repetitive. And for the next, until we see each other again, we work on that mantra. I am on time. I am on time. I am on time. So we work on mantra. We work on exercise because we also, um, we also know, and I, and I love yoga for this. We also know that we can change our epigenetics through the essence of yoga and meditation. So once we understand the mantra, then we start to meditate and I will design a meditation, maybe like a seven minute or a 10 minute meditation for your daily practice. So this should be the first thing that you focus on every morning when you wake up and you do a really basic feel good stretch in your bed when you're comfy and you put this mantra into your mind of I am on time. And this is how you get you get those blockages out.
1: Have you seen like a big impact um, of the, the pandemic on women? Is there something that they suffer more from now than they did prior to the pandemic? Or like maybe some like anxiety, mental health stuff?
2: Lots of anxiety. Lots of, of depression. So I didn't tell you my certificates. I have a million certificates. Um, so I have a women's health nurse practitioner degree. I have a doctorate degree from the University of Columbia, or Columbia University, excuse me. Um, I have a functional medicine certificate, which is a great tool to have because when I'm looking at you, I'm not only looking at you; I'm looking at how your cells work, right? So I'm I'm assessing, and both of you guys look really healthy for me. I can say that like your mitochondria is intact, and you look well, you look happy, you look like two guys who are like really diving into this and and want to blossom out into the into the world of creativity and, 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 into the business world, if not, you know, if it's possible. So I hear you. Um, so with that said is I use a lot of yoga. I use a lot of meditation. I use a lot of mind body connections to help reduce this anxiety. So one of the certificates that I'm currently working on is my 200 hour yoga instructor, my RYT, so that I could bring it into the mix. And I can create sequencing to help alleviate some of these symptoms, because COVID was horrible. I mean, COVID caused a lot of restraints. It helped. It helped. Um, it helped to make things more complicated, right? So we have the food deserts, we have food insecurity, we have um, type. We have anxieties with people that have type two diabetes and obesity that don't want to be vaccinated. And now people are feeling forced by government, by rules and regs to have to be vaccinated. So then you have that that you have to deal with, right? Because now I have to offer vaccines to my pregnant patients. And 90% of the time, they tell me no, no, no. And I get it. I feel it. I I don't know if I would be vaccinated if I was pregnant. And I don't know if I would want to expose my baby that was developing to, to the vaccine. I, I can't tell. I, I most likely wouldn't if, if it was me, right? So this is like, this is the hypocrisy of, of being a healthcare provider is that even though I'm pushing it for my pregnant patients, I don't know if I would do it if I was pregnant.
1: Yeah. Very good right? point. Yeah. And that's like how, how science is. Science was always about like your choice. And that's like the biggest thing I feel like driving a wedge between America is, is it's not, it's not your choice anymore. It's whatever we think is, is best for you. And that's never how science worked to begin with, because in, in science, you have to look at both sides and you, you have to look at both options, because just because you think one way doesn't mean it's always going to stay that way. Like, imagine cigarettes. They were told people were, were smoking in doctor's offices and hospitals, and then years down the line, look how detrimental they were to our health. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying the vaccine is detrimental to our health. I'm just saying science always has has to have, have the objective of not being forced onto anybody. It has to be done by 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 will because that's the only way you're going to get like an accurate you know, scientific experiment if, if you were to call it that thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so question, so most of our audience would probably be a listener, nursing student that works 36 hours, that is probably stressed out from their job load. What is ways that they could start incorporating healthier mental health or connecting the mind, body and spirit? I know you mentioned yoga and meditation as a two. Is there anything else that that stands out for you that are important?
2: Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I remember being a brand new nursing student. And mind you, I was, um, I went to a pre-medical high school, because in my head, I wanted to go to medical school. And it wasn't until I started doing rotations in my junior high at the local county general hospital, that I said, um, I don't think I'm cut to be a surgeon or an OBGYN. Like, I really don't want to do that. Um, and then I kept rotating through the different specialties and I ran into a nurse practitioner and I was like, what, what do you, what exactly do you do? And so she described the focus of her specialty. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, after, after, you know, being with her for, I said, can I come back? I just want to come back on, on like my time off and, um, just hang out with you and find out what you're doing. And so when I had finished my first year of nursing, I knew I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. Like that was my goal. But that first time when I graduated and I knew I had to put in some time, the amount of stress and the amount of, um, eating my, eating the young was horrible. And I wish that I could prepare the students with conflict resolution because they need to have they need to have the ability to call people out without feeling like they're going to be retaliated against. What does that mean? That means that if your assignment is unfair, you shouldn't be you shouldn't feel um, insecure that someone's going to make you feel like you like you don't know what you're doing. Hey, if the assignment is fair, you feel that it's unfair, you should be comfortable and say, Hey, I don't feel like the assignment is fair. I feel like you're giving me too much. Cause when I was a brand new nursing student, the assignments that I was given, I don't don't think, (laughs) I think that they were setting me up for failure. And I was, my stress level was really, really high. And there was no consideration whether I felt comfortable, competent, and I wasn't really, I didn't feel safe to ask questions. So yeah, yoga, meditation, all that is great. But when you're in it, when you're in, in it, dealing with it, you need to have a voice and you need to be able to say to the charge nurse, I'm not comfortable. Can you help me with this? It's not because I don't know. It's because I haven't done this before. And I need to see how you, how you would do it. I need to see, I see it through your eyes, right? Because a lot of the times it's not what we, what we, what we do know. It's what we don't know that hurts us. So giving the students,
0: we almost like self-sabotage ourselves, right?
2: Yeah, because we're scared. We don't want to like seem like hesitant. Like we don't want to be a team player. So having that warm environment, because I went from one hospital to a different hospital, feeling that stressor. And I said, you know what? I don't, I don't think I want to work with these people. They're like totally mean. So I quit my job and my parents were like, you quit your job. I'm like, I quit my job. I'm not going to deal with that. I was a true millennial. It's like, I'm not putting up with that. You're stupid. Like, you're not going to mistreat me. You're not going to go have a birthday party in your lounge and then tell me at 3 a.m. that I'm in charge of the floor by myself on labor and delivery while you go and you celebrate someone's birthday. The ED calls. They're telling me that I'm getting a bleeding, an active bleeding patient. And I can't leave because by the time I get the phone call, EMS is busting through the door with an active bleeder. And here I am just six weeks out of school. I'm lucky if I know that I need to put the patient in Dellenberg because I'm so stressed out. I don't think I might remember, right? Like, oh my God, how do I start an IV? So I have to leave my unit unattended because the lounge was across the hallway. That's not right. So I'm literally screaming at the top of my lungs for help. I'm like, I feel like I need to call 911 in a hospital. (laughs) So I'm like, whatever. So I didn't feel supported by my, by my peers, and now, it, I always tell my students this. I'm like, you guys have to feel supported. If you don't feel supported from the get go, don't fake the funk. Like that's not a good environment for you. And you've got to call them out. You got to tell the supervisor, I'm leaving because I don't feel supported, and I need to feel supported. And even if it takes you a little bit longer, because we all don't, we all don't learn the same.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So I,
2: being honest with yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's right? very, I think it's very, for, very important for people like like yourself and and uh, me and Matt as well is because a lot of nursing students don't know how toxic some of these units and nursing cultures can be. Mm-hmm. So like, it's almost like our job to kind of prevent it from happening in the future, you could say, by, by making these things known. Because there's been a handful of units where a man I have, have worked in, and the unit was great, the, the, care, the care was great, but then it was just toxic. Like you couldn't ask for help, you're always a lone wolf, and it's just, it added stress. Not only is it stressful to, to take care of somebody that's very sick in the ICU, but now you're also stressed because you have no, nobody to back you up. Yep. You're constantly by yourself, and you get stuck with these shitty assignments, and it just you stress. You get stressed before going into work, yeah. like nursing. I've never realized how stressed someone could be going into work until I became a nurse, because if I'm working at like let's say like seven p.m., I'm already thinking about work at like three or four. I'm like shit. I gotta go to work in a couple hours, and I'm already feeling that stress it's from work. anxiety thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, because you know that when you come to work, you're basically just there by yourself. You can't ask any questions because no one's willing to answer. No one's willing to to help you out, and that just makes works works so much worse. And we gotta get rid of that, that culture. Yeah,
0: I think that's the biggest issue with our hospital system as a macro United States mm-hmm. is we set nurses almost up for failure. And the amount of stress that we endure, why do you think we have uh, short staffing across America? I mean, yes, it could be the pandemic, but it's also these nurses don't wanna work. they rather stay
1: at home and they rather do something different than go to the ho- st- uh, bedside job right. and deal with all that. It's also that mentality where we kinda just take whatever they throw at us. Because we're almost like the, the last people before you could say death in, in a way, right? Because if someone's really sick, they're gonna come to us, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna say no to a three to one if there's no, if there's a short staff, right? right. We're kind of put that on ourselves. We it's don't really stand up. We don't stand up for ourselves. And we don't really stand up for, for one another. There's, there's rarely, rarely you see that that nurse like you said talk to the charge and say, hey, this assignment isn't isn't fair for me. Let's switch it up. You don't. You rarely see that. People, nurses, will kind of say that to each other, but no one will, will actually bring it up to management. They'll just kind of just mumble it out, out loud, and then they'll they'll leave and just take that assignment, which doesn't solve anyone's problem. Yeah, yeah it's
0: a, it's almost like a social media where we try to be these keyboard warriors and bring up points, but we have to do something actively about it, right? Like you yeah. can't complain and not create action to prevent this
1: from happening again. Yeah. I want to bring it back to like women's health. What's the one thing that you see a lot that you feel like women uh can change to their health like what's something that they could like any woman could do right now for prevention
2: uh, I'll, I'll tell you that but, but back to just really quickly what helped me survive was uh, my my allies. I created my allies at work and I said, "Hey, guess what I'm here to help you if you help me and I started asking for followers, right I started like liking like in my, in my pod, in my unit, I started building my followers and I started saying, Hey, if just know that I'm here for you, like, let's go turn these patients together because the nursing assistant can't get it done. So teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. And, and not, you know, that's, that's the bottom line is that if we go in there together, we're gonna take care of both of our patients and our load's gonna be so much better rather than you, everybody feeling alone. We can't be in silos.
1: Right, and it, and it so takes- So
2: that's all I wanted to say.
1: Right, and it takes communication and you have to be the one that initiates it. If you see a toxic environment, you don't wanna be the one that's adding to a toxic environment. You wanna be the one that says, hey, hey Sarah, you know, you wanna help me with this and just start talking to her and develop that one friend. And then if you have that one friend, you're gonna bring another friend in and it's gonna keep like cascading to more and more friends. But then you also have to be careful to not be that unit where you have like three groups of, of different friend friend groups, right? Where it's all just like caddy, like these three nurses always hang out with with themselves and these four nurses always hang out with themselves. And then that leads to like a bigger problem. You guys, mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Right. Like you can't not use clicky. It. Exactly, it can't be clicky because there's like yeah, a bunch you of units. Yeah, it can be clicky. Yeah, there's a bunch of units where where like you're friends with with, with some people and you realize that clickiness. Night like, shift, yeah. Yeah, especially on a night shift, you see that a lot of that clickiness, and that's not healthy either. Like it's it's a good try at trying to make it healthy, but then at at some point in that in that process, it just went sour because it was not supposed to be yeah. it's not supposed to be clicky. It's supposed to be one cohesive one cohesive environment.
2: Yeah. I also think that gossip is really toxic. And you know, people shouldn't be be like. I hate. I'm down. I'm really grudgy. I, I hate people to talk shit. You know, like people should not do that. And I stay away from it. If I hear someone's being negative, I'll shine the light and be like, I really like this person because. So come on, let's go do this. Like I nip it quickly, and that's one thing that. People will try to drag you into the toxicity, and I, I can't, I put my Care Bear my Care Bear belly
1: out. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times when you ask somebody like, oh, why is that important or why does that matter? That kind of stops them because they're gossiping about something outside of work about somebody, about somebody's life. I'm always like, "Like, why does that matter to you? Like, how, how does that impact your life? And they, they try to think about it because it doesn't impact their life. The only way that impacts their life is just them thinking about it because it doesn't really hurt them in, in, in any way. It's just them liking to to talk about this 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 trash talk
0: unfortunately just like yeah no i don't do that just like you say we as humans were born with this childhood trauma and i feel like just as any other profession nurses have trauma that they haven't fully dealt with but unfortunately we have this higher risk stress environment that we're placed into so now we have high stress and now we have traumas that get into put into place so now you have your old programming that's creating cattiness or gossip
1: whatever the case might be mm, yeah yeah so b- back to your question right you're asking what is the like what is what is something that you see a lot of women suffering from and what's like a good way to fix it or something that you, that you see okay. in a lot of women that if they change in a certain way or if they maybe add on something they could change their life for the better is it like maybe dealing with with nutrition or diet is it like negative thinking like an issue that a lot of women have that they could easily solve at home almost is what i'm asking for
2: so one of the biggest issues is obesity, um, because we're talking about cardiac disease, right? So um, heart attacks is one of the number one killers of, of women. Um, Kim Kardashian, American pop culture has done a really, really great deal of damage to the mind right? It causes women to feel ugly about themselves. I can post a beautiful poem and I can't tell you how many DMs I'm going to get about, wow, I really needed this. I needed somebody to like utter sweet words to me and to tell me how my body is beautiful because your body is beautiful. You don't have to look like these images. So the number one problem is obesity and how I talk to my patients about obesity is that it's very simple math. You're only so tall And you're only so much, there's only so much, so much surface area that your heart can work for. And when we have too much or we have an imbalance, what's going to happen is that you have inflammation in your body. When you have inflammation in your body, it increases your risk of premature aging, cardiac disease. If you're thinking about having a baby, it's going to increase the risk of preterm labor, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes just being 20 pounds overweight. A lot of us are 20 pounds overweight. It's not to pass judgment. So I stay very present with the facts versus the fiction. It's not about weight loss to be beautiful. It's about weight loss to be in the inner portion of you beautiful. And it's about reducing that inflammation and how we reduce the inflammation. And what we start talking about is diet right? So lots of green leafy vegetables. It's not math. It's not, it's not heart math. It's not rocket science. Lots of blueberries, lots of strawberries. Berries are your best friends. So we do the 24 hour diet recall. And then we start putting that thought that seed into the brain, that it's not about aesthetics. It's not about trying to fit into that size too. It's about my heart. And that's why I want to lose those additional pounds because those additional pounds are weighing you down. And it becomes then a spiritual problem because when we talk about why are you eating so much rice? Because my patients love to eat rice. Oh, because it makes me feel good. Well, what is the sensation of feeling good? Oh, Isabel, it just makes me feel really good. Like, you know, like comfort, like I'm like, I'm finally satisfied. And so we talk about that satisfaction with water, with different foods, maybe we combine less rice, more beans to get that full sensation of satisfaction. And then I, I help the patient to understand that again, it's not, it's not the, it's not your culture that's making you fat. It's not your lack of exercise. It's, it's all of it together. It's the sensation of that satisfaction that you're looking for and how we can replace that sensation with rice. That's adding on the additional weight. That's going to increase your risk of inflammation. How do we substitute that with something that will actually make you feel better? Like a chicken breast, because you could also be protein deficient. And then we work on that satisfaction, that little, that little place in our brains that says, oh, I'm fully satisfied. We work with spices, we work with adding more um, different tastes and flavors, different textures. I really encourage my patients to use Instapot so that their foods don't take so long to be made. Um, so working with that because obesity is a problem in our country and it just adds to all the other problems, right? Um, so does that, I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I feel, yes, it, that answer the question. I feel like a lot of people, when they try to enter like a weight loss program, I, I'm glad that they enter it. But a lot of times I feel like they enter it for the wrong reasons. Like with the goal of, I want to slim down because I want to be more like Kim Kardashian looking. It's physical, yeah. It's more physical. I feel like people, a lot of people would have more success, females, males, if they don't look at it as doing it for somebody else, but doing it more for themselves. Like you were saying, it's not about looking like somebody. It's about having a healthy heart. It's not about looking like, a celebrity, it's more about feeling better with the body that, that you have. And I think people have to understand that. And people are, like you as a person, aren't going to be able to conform to like a long project, like weight, lo- weight loss, if you're not doing it just for yourself. Because if you're doing it for somebody else, it's gonna be a lot easier for you to give up. Because then you rely less on you caring about yourself, more about the other person thinking about, about you. Yeah. And, and you lose that, that's when people get off track. So how do you like main, maintain their motivation to keep keep doing these things?
2: I have to keep they have to keep seeing me and patients do. They'll call me, they'll reach out to me, they'll look for me on the internet, they'll send me emails, "Isabel, I need you back in my life. Um I'm falling off, you know. I, I just found out I'm pregnant. I'm feeling really depressed. I'm really down. I just I need you." And um it's talking and getting to know the patient and that's why I post a lot on on just like the self, because I think that sometimes you just need a pause and say, oh, it's a mirror image. So I try to mirror image a lot of this, a a lot of the messages that people or mostly women will send me on Instagram or Facebook. uh, So that some of my patients know that I'm talking to them indirectly, but it works. It works. And we just need that little boost up, you know, that little boost up of like, let's just keep this going. I also have apps that I recommend Um, I love like the calm app and the active app. I'm trying to work on creating my own app and that's a lot of work and a ton of money, Um, but just being present. So I'm also present on the Wix app. So if you want to connect with me and just send me like a quick text, I'll respond back. You know, I can't send you my cell phone number. I do have a cell phone number that I post on uh, my Instagram account and that's more for like business and scheduling appointments but Wix is the best way to like reach me when you need that quick, just like, hey, I, I need some help, I need to talk to you and finding out why it is that you're not motivated. Like what's going on that you're not motivated or have you been working a lot? So we have to just kind of like go back a little bit and find out where it is that that block occurred. So a lot of my counseling will depend on the blockages and and releasing that energy. Once we identify where the block occurred, then we release it and, it, and it, it's also, one unique one unique um, thing that I didn't talk about was that the 6, twelve, and twenty four week program also focuses on the menstruation. So for women that are menstruating, We also work with the flow and we go with the flow because as your follicular phase comes into play and the luteal phase comes into play, you have different emotions and you feel less present. Um, And I'm not sure, you know, what your experiences have been with women, but if you're towards the tail end spin of the menstrual cycle, when the progesterone levels start to rise up, um, you'll find that we're just a little bit less, less calm we're more unstable, more anxious, and we need to find ways to deal with that towards like the beginning of the menstrual cycle. And women don't know that because they've never been taught that. They've never been taught that, hey, you're going to lose control around this time. Let's do some steaming. Let's do some hot baths um right like right at this time in your menstrual cycle we need to just care for each other more and communicate that to your loved one say hey guess what like i'm 10 days into you know into my luteal phase i'm gonna probably need more hugs yeah. maybe
1: you know, we I'm should gonna, probably pretty need cool. to be
2: told like
1: maybe we should do like a full right? episode we should yeah. like a full episode on like the menstruation cycle because i'll be honest with you like when a uh, woman have periods okay. and like i've been around them I just kind of tend to stay away, like get them like the chocolate or give them the hug. But <laughs> I try to be a little more quiet that day, not not as you know, not as like like loud because because you know women are, are different when they're on their period, and it's uh, some of them it's like yeah, we don't want noticeable. you to stay away though. Yeah,
2: we we need you to tell us like how pretty we are and like oh wow like can can I can I hug you like you know got to be careful now with our culture, um, but we we need hugs rather than you stay away, because then when you stay away, we feel like lonely. And then we start crying for no reason. Then you're like, what the hell? You know, like, you're acting like, a, you know, you're acting really bitchy. And then and then I'm trying to stay away. And now you're crying. And it's it's because we need extra nurturing.
0: Yeah, I would love to tap into the the women's side of men- menstrual health and all that. Because that's yeah. like, even like OB, that's a class I least had interest in nursing school. So I'm sure it'd be great for Our audience to listen because they're majority females and how they could like just so you understand understand.
1: i don't want to say cope with yourself is that okay to say cope with yourself during the menstrual cycle yeah and i guarantee there's a bunch of viewers out there that don't even know like the actual cycle itself there's probably Mm. tons of women out there yeah so we should definitely have you on just just do like the whole menstruation cycle chat
2: let's just do the menstruation cycle and emotional health and we can also then do another really good one on One in 10 men, so 10% of men who just had a baby suffer from depression. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but postpartum depression also affects men. And there's a lot of your nursing buddies that I'm sure are having babies that could benefit from that fact and knowing that they're not alone. Men also go through pregnancy. And I think that during the trajectory of the pregnancy, the man can also feel very lonely and unprepared and they've been neglected. And I'm really big on bringing together like the man and the woman, um, because it's part of, part of learning from each other. So I tell my husband, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm about to start my period or when we have the baby, oh my God, he, he went through depression. He had morning sickness and there's no clinical data out there. Right. But he, if you read some of the, some of the anecdotal evidence that is out there just stories and things that people write about, it's. It's very, very true. Men suffer from these symptoms along with the woman.
1: I don't hear about them a lot because the, the whole like machismo mentality where it's just like, I don't want to tell people I'm, I'm sick or having morning sickness because I'm a dude. So I'm not, I want to bring it up. I don't want to look like soft or anything like that. So that, that, that always hinders men's, men's health yeah. is men don't want to talk about health because it's, it makes them feel vulnerable. And a lot of times it, it entails emotions and men are just not emotional people and they just ignore it and just push it off to the side. Yeah. We don't want to
0: be called soy boys, you know, that's the, that's the, I don't know how to put that into context. <laughs> um, But I had one more question is uh, I noticed that you celebrate the equinox, the winter equinox. I'm actually fascinated about why do you celebrate that and the story behind that?
2: Oh my gosh. So I'm not an astrologist, but I do believe in the cosmic powers, right? I've, there's this really great book, um, it's called Revolutionary Psychology. And a lot of my philosophy comes from that. It's Samuel Auer. It's he's an amazing author. And he talks about the fact that we are cosmic beings. And what does that mean? It's a really big, big one too, guys. So when, when we're born, we were, we were born through a vibration right? Something caused your mom and dad to get together. And there was a vibration that occurred that brought ovum and, and sperm together to create this baby that had to be in its perfection. So every single point in time has to be perfect. And um, then your heart will beat, and then the brain is created, right? And then, so there's no brain without a heart. And so with that said, there's this formation that happens. And if you blame it on the bigger powers that be, it all happened because of cosmic events right? that, that took place because nothing happens by accident. If that's, the, if that's the philosophy that you believe in, right? Because how many times have we've all been somewhere and like, oh, that was such a coincidence. But was it really? Was it really me and my, my existence on this earth is not a coincidence, right? Nor is yours. So this is why I celebrate the equinoxes is because this is a special moment where the sun and the moon and everything aligns and there's a change in the seasons. And when there's a change in the seasons, there's going to be a change in our vitality. And so vitamin D let My vitamin D levels will be diminished um, because sunlight goes away and we might feel a little bit more tired, more achy, more fatigued. We need to drink more water. Even though it's cold, we feel less thirsty. So it's this invitation to learn about our vulnerability changing because now it's going to be winter, right? And so I celebrate this bring in the winter equinoxes to embrace these new changes that are happening that have been happening since at the time that we were developed. So it's all bringing in the special vibrations. I do it with yoga, Um, We connect right as like the sun is on that special day. Um, I do a lot of the sun salutations. We ground, we meditate, we pray to ourselves, our inner soul, the power that exists within us that wakes us up in the morning to help us do this this beautiful work, this ministry called, called nursing, because... We care for others. And ultimately, it's it's our love of humanity that helps us to go back to work every day. Right. Or or do something else. It's different. But it, we still nurture each other. The Latin word for nurse is nutrir. And that means nurturing. And we're all in a very special place because nursing is one of those badass like professions that we don't need like scientific evidence because we feel we we see it we walk into a room we automatically feel the vibrations we feel that energy in that in that space and I, I mean i'm sure you guys have worked in the floor right you guys have worked on the floor you 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 know that every room has its own energy right every single time you go into a different space and This is why I celebrate the equinoxes is because you tap into a different energy because we have to cleanse ourselves and there has to be protection because we go into all these different rooms um, and 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 we practice nursing all the time and we're very intuitive, very spiritual human beings. And the more that you open up that space, the more you connect with others. So it's really necessary to clear your own space so that you don't get sick you don't get tired you don't get fatigued and you learn more about yourself because we're always giving our energy off to others
0: yeah that makes complete sense that's awesome you're, you're speaking my language i love to yeah. tap in and tap into all that and just like you say we're a cosmic being so we're not here by chance we all have a purpose in this life that we have to discover within ourselves from all these blocks that we have and truly align with the mission that we're on on this earth right
2: Yeah, and we've we've lost that, right? Because now we have Instagram and YouTube and kids and all these like ongoing schedules and things and meetings. And we've lost lost that ability to tap in.
0: Um, Even for example, I've been uh, doing some research about like caffeine. And um, they're saying that we're not supposed to consume high amounts of caffeine because it uh, takes away the intuition. I don't know how you can measure intuition, but it's just like that gut feeling that caffeine can take away and it's interesting because yesterday when we had the uh, the business meetings mm-hmm. and I kept declining the call, I just had this weird feeling in my stomach that something happened. And something yeah. did happen. My little brother ended up having a, a fish hook
1: stuck in his hand. But it's just crazy how that, that works. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because, like, if you think about it, caffeine is a drug, even though it's though it's coffee, and you can legally buy it anywhere. It still changes like your the neurochemicals in your brain. Yeah. So you're technically away from homeostasis if you're drinking coffee. So technically, if you if you, you want to get on that level, you would be kind of breaking away from your intuition because you're not in like a like a state of homeostasis. And you have an overstimulated yeah. uh, sympathetic nervous system. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's about really? Yes.
2: So it boils down to that, right? It boils down to the central nervous system, sympathetic parasympathetic, the vagal nerve. Oh my gosh, guys, you guys have to have a podcast on like the vagal nerve and yoga. It's so important to have a very, very, very well centered vagal nerve.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, because that's a nerve that's um, interconnected between our mind and our gut, right?
2: And the pineal gland. Yeah. So our brain is like the tower of psychic abilities and consciousness. Should I say correctly? Right. So, you know, and that's the, that's the part that medicine doesn't tap into. That us nurses, we're badasses for that because we're like, we're, once we tap into that, we we know the words that we need to speak because even the words are vibrations. So you can hear me through your auditory your auditory nerve. You're hearing my voice, right? And it's like it life and and everything around us is nothing but a vibration and that's why nurses are such badass human beings
0: mm-hmm. and th- and that's why we say hey doc this needs to happen but they discredit us and then shits the fan and you got a code from the isu standpoint it's like i told you so it's mm-hmm. like we just felt something right it's that vibration yeah
2: yeah they're my sometimes medicine is myopic right because they treat disease and so we're preventive and so we foresee and When we have a huge, um, a very overactive frontal lobe, we can foresee a lot and we wanna prevent. And that's why BELIEVE is very preventive. And BELIEVE also comes with a lot of history of me telling doctors um, and not bad-mouthing MDs. I love my MDs, Um, but me telling the medical medical doctors. So for example, if I sent out a CMP, what was the rationale for doing that? You're just spending money. No, no, no. (laughs) Her creatinine level is now two point eight. Like she didn't know that. <laughs> like I needed to. Like why would you send it out? It's preventive care, doctor. Preventive care. Now we know we have to deal with this person's kidneys. You know, so it's it's all preventive, and if we can prevent it, what? An ounce of prevention is 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 priceless. So, I think we need to keep doing what we're doing.
0: 100. We agree with you. That's preventive medicine. Where can people find you as we wrap up the show, Isabel? Uh.
2: So my. My main focus right now is telehealth. You can find me online, so believe.co, that's my website, Um, www.believe.co. I'm licensed in Connecticut, Texas, and in New York. So if anybody needs any telehealth visits, I send you out a kit, we send out blood work, same concept, doesn't have to be in vivo. Um, I also send you a blood pressure cuff and a scale to your house. And then I send you my supplies because I want to make sure that I have, um, tools that are rigorous for me to say, Hey, I know that you got an Omron blood pressure cuff and I trust the tool that I sent you. So I work with Omron right now to provide my patients very basic materials like the scale. Like I said, it's a bioimpedance scale. It's a blood pressure monitor, um, that are very reliable and, um, kits so i send you guys the the quest to kit the kits from quest uh yeah you can find me online and you can also find me on instagram facebook i'll be starting clubhouse soon um and what i is have, your, to have more time what is your you know, instagram so, handle
1: is yeah what is your instagram handle just so everybody knows
2: at dr isabel bogdan but it's at dr dot isabel so i've I've kind of vast I wonder if I need to drop the Bogdan, but I really like the Bogdan because it just adds that clarity of my first name and last name. And um, some people say, oh, you should just do Dr. Isabel. But I like Isabel Bogdan, cause that just gives everybody like a gist of who I am.
1: Exactly, yeah, own it, own, yeah. own it. Thank, Thank you much exactly. Isabel. We'd love to have you on again in the future cause I feel like there's like so much more topics we could talk about. So definitely go forward to seeing you in the future
2: yeah absolutely. Let's talk about menstruation. Let's talk about men's health too because I think men get shortchanged. and um, I'll tell you just a little bit about the happiness that I bring into my home and my guy friends is that boys love to be loved men men need a lot of love and and I you know that's that's always been my experience with men and it's not manipulation. it's pure and conditional love and That's another thing that I think men need to feel, you need to feel appreciated. And and I think that men need a sense of appreciation. We are appreciated. It's like, we're Queens, we know that, but I also have a son and my son asked me questions like, mom, why is it always mother earth? And why is it queen bee? And why is it mother nature? Like, why is everything woman? And I'm like, you know, it's not everything woman. And boys are strong and there are kings on this earth and you are one of them. And your job is to make sure that we feel like queens so that the queens can take care of their kings, right? So there is a component of men's health that we should also talk about because I think that it's just overrated, like a lot of, uh, you know, women power, women's health, and all of this can be very, very overpowering and might make men feel a little bit left out. So we should also talk about that from a woman's perspective.
1: We look okay. forward to it. Yeah. Thank you for that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Isabel. Thank,
2: thank you guys so for all the work you're doing.
0: Thank you so thank much. You. Take Have
1: care. Bye bye.
2: All right. Take care.